0: To Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley. I'm your host as always, and today we have a we have a very special guest. Somebody that that uh, I'm excited to talk to, uh, Bill Martin, the CEO of Bunker Hill Insurance. Bill, how's it going, man?
1: Very well, thank you.
0: So, Bill, the re- the reason I wanted to have you on the show is um, I-, I recently read an article. I can't remember. I think it was Insurance Business America. And, um, you guys through, through Plymouth, Plymouth, Rock, uh, assurance have a new homeowner's product coming out in the state of Pennsylvania. And the thing that caught my eye immediately, uh, was, uh, this, there was a, there was a particular sentence in there where you said, um, the, the model, the current homeowner's model is broken and that you guys, uh, this product was your attempt to leverage some big data and solve that problem, um, and all my insurance geek antennas went up, um, and I immediately said, "I need to talk to this guy because because uh, this sounds super intriguing." So I, I'm maybe you know the first thing I'd like to get into a little bit, uh, maybe just for our audience is maybe let everyone know a little bit about Bunker Hill and Plymouth, the relationship, and um, and then we can start to get into um, you know this this new product you guys have coming out. Okay.
1: Well, uh, Bunker Hill is part of the uh, family of companies that are referred to as Plymouth Rock. Uh, in those companies, there's about 1.2 billion in premium uh, in the four states where we do business. We're the sixth largest auto carrier, the seventh largest personal lines carrier, the 11th largest PNC carrier, and we're going to expand into uh, Pennsylvania, New York this year with our uh, our uh, prototype homeowners product and potentially some auto products. We have uh, about $650 million in surplus in all those sister companies, about, uh, uh, about 35 years in business. It had kind of a history of helping agents overcome uh, market problems that the insurance companies avoid. Uh, we were one of the first companies to offer agents a solution to the, the Massachusetts kind of quagmire with their fixed and established rates and the care pricing and, and a solution to companies who were uh, exiting New Jersey uh, because of all the, the 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 problems there with the residual market, uh, offered them a way to to leave and still treat their customers well, and and this was all created and founded by uh, the former insurance commissioner of Massachusetts, Jim Stone, who's who started at least six successful insurance companies, was uh, chair of the uh, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. He's a Harvard professor in economics and a, and a best-selling author. So kind of one of those visionary guys that sets a standard that we should all be aspiring to.
0: You know, when I so I, I know a little bit um, having uh, Ply- Plymouth Rock is a is a client of justchoice.com and we've had a chance to work with a lot of your people and I would definitely say that uh, there is a culture inside the the organization of trying to solve problems um, and it feels a little different than other carriers that we work with um, and uh, I don't know that this would be. Uh, uh, a wide-held secret, but uh, some carriers seem to uh, look for reasons not to do things, and some seem to to try to to solve these problems. What do you think it is about uh, the culture of your organization, or the people, or how it was established that? That you guys uh, do this, you 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 move into the New Jersey market when everyone's moving out. You look for solutions to what's going on in mass, and now um, this this new product and homeowners that you're we're going to talk about. You know what is it about your company that you think um, gives you that culture? I, I, I think it's phenomenal.
1: Well, and and you're right to call it culture. Uh, that is what it is. It's uh, it, you you kind of bring people in and you figure out whether they're they're smart and they're going to be creative and they're going to be. <clears throat> while they want to be risk adverse, they're also going to be smart about taking risk rather than just sitting in slots. And so, uh, you know, it's 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 a standard that uh, if it's modeled by your founder and your COO or COO Hal Beladoff is very much of the same uh, ilk, uh, then everybody you hire is going to be kind of like you and have that kind of goal to, to set. Uh, hey, we're going to try and not just uh, be another insurance company. We're going to try and give people an option that they might want to buy as opposed to have to buy.
0: I really like that. You know, I, I, I like the idea, and I can't remember where I read it. Maybe it was, it was one of the, some article in, in one of the insurance trade publications talking about this, this idea of, of, of changing our culture as an industry from you have to buy this, and this is what I sell, so good luck, to how do we start to craft products that people actually want? And, uh, that, that kind of takes me into uh, why, why, you know, kind of the genesis of our, of our call today, which, which was, um, you, you, you know, in this, in this interview, you said the current homeowner's insurance product is broken. And I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. Um, what does that mean broken? Uh, what, what, what aspects of it? Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone who's listening has their own opinions,
1: well, I think the good news there is that uh, nobody who's listening probably believes they're the one who broke it. Uh, we've kind of gotten here over a long time of trying to do the right thing, and uh, but where we're at from a customer viewpoint, particularly a customer who doesn't un- understand a lot about what we do, uh, is is a bad place. So there's a there's a movement to change that. I'm not the only uh, part of that. Our organization is not the only one doing it. Um, but we're certainly the, the biggest, most intelligent, most successful organization doing it. I think our, uh, our capital is at least 50 times the nearest capital of any of these uh, startups you hear about out there. Um, but, you know, so we're, we're looking at it saying, is there a way to build a product from the consumer in? What is the ideal experience that a consumer would have when buying homeowners insurance? And what would that look like? And then let's build everything we do internally around giving them that experience. And and usually that's not just guessing what the customer wants. It's also inventing something that even they didn't expect, something that delights them even more. So uh, that's where the genesis is.
0: Yeah. And maybe I should even back up a sec. Why homeowners? Why not? It feels like everybody goes after auto for these type of things. Um, why? Why not? Why home or, or small commercial? Those seem to be the places most people are playing today. Well,
1: it kind of feels that way, but it's it's not true. Auto auto has been a source of innovation, and uh, you're you're seeing the latest generation of it with uh, with usage based insurance, uh, some amount of the coverage being bought with the car, uh, some more driving beyond categorical pricing to individual behavior pricing, but. But at the end of the day, there isn't a perceived significant difference between auto insurance policies. There might be different limits you buy, um, but most customers don't really see a significant difference between the policies. They might see a difference in the companies. They certainly see a difference in the brand. But the coverage itself is a standard coverage. So, uh, so but homeowners, we have a different opportunity. Most of what you buy, other than what you uh, use to back up a mortgage loan, is optional. So the discussion about what to buy, the thought about what to buy, and whether it's covering you is a much bigger part of the homeowner's process. And that changes everything. It changes the pricing, changes the coverage, often it has to change the process by which you buy the insurance. Uh, so the, the opportunity to offer something that is more of a consumer product and less of a price-driven commodity uh, exists in home and, and not as much in auto.
0: Do you think homeowners can be commoditized? Oh,
1: sure. There'll be people out there who are saying that price is the only thing that's important, and and I think they're going to lose the game because they'll never be able to get a price low enough to make a customer happy. The, the customer is buying something, and it does cost money. And as far as I know, uh, free isn't available.
0: You know, that's I th- uh, having been an agent for for eight years in in New York State. Uh, and I look at the move to renters insurance, right? So there's all these startups that are focused on commoditizing the renters insurance product, and and their differentiation is in acquisition, um, yet and, and in pricing. And to me, it feels like they're trying. It's it's they see it as a step into the homeowners market from a commoditizing it uh, perspective. And I've had to explain to an underwriter before why I put a million dollars in liability on a renter's insurance policy for a 22-year-old in a high-rise in New York City who just had a $775,000 loss. So I can understand, you know, so it's hard to explain how a $120 product can be written for 40 or 30 in some cases with some the way that the pricing models in some of these companies are working. So do you think, and I I promise there's a question here, um, do you think that, some of the, the startups, and and I love your statement about how y- you are the biggest and most established and certainly the most experienced in history playing in the space. Do you think it's a lack of insurance legacy that is impacting the decision to commoditize homeowners and renters insurance products?
1: Uh, there's, a, there's a bit of synergy with the insurance experience and non-insurance experience. So most of these companies have hired somebody they call their insurance guy, most of these fintech and insurance tech guys. Somebody like me who, who's uh, uh, got too many years in the business and can warn them about things, the potholes that are ahead. Um, but the lack of experience also helps them think about it from a consumer point of view. There's a reason why we do everything we do. And sometimes we as insurers are way too familiar with it. So at the very least, they've got a little bit more synergy working with the, uh, the kind of Needed ignorance of the market uh, added to the experience with the market. Uh, that said, at the end of the day, when you look really closely at what they're covering uh, and what the backing is of you know how much capital they have to go through something like a Harvey, uh, you have to. The agent becomes really important now. They begin to talk about company. They begin to talk about quality of coverage. They begin to talk about how the company handled their last dog bite claim. And as far as I know, uh, Lemonade hasn't had a dark dog bite claim yet. Maybe they have, and they ought to talk about it and see whether their customer satisfied. That makes more difference. And an agent can communicate those experiences uh, because they've dealt with it many, many more times than maybe the the uh, the, the uh, Swifts and the Hippos of the world. They're all good things to have. We need more insurance companies in the home business in particular. And they're coming up with things and breaking new ground that we can all break um but the uh, there is some value to the combined experience of a company like ours
0: yeah i you know i i know that agents get knocked quite a bit um for uh, relinquishing their responsibility as frontline underwriters to a certain extent and i and i do think that 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 certainly has happened and and uh and and maybe a problem and to some extent um, but some of it still happens, right? You still are sitting in front of three quotes that are relatively close in price and have to make a determination as to which one you present to your, to your customer or potential customer. And I would like to believe that, that it's not based on uh, contingency percentage. So, um, you know, with, with that being said, you know, what is this new product? And, and, uh, I know it's, it's going to be available to, um, agents maybe you could could dive into a little bit how this is starting to unbreak the the homeowners insurance uh, product in the state of Pennsylvania yeah
1: just so something you just said the the agent uh, who gets a contingency usually does have good volume with a company but they've gotten it by selling the company not by selling the wrong price so I, I would you know I push on you a little there and say I'm happy with a big agent who sells me when I'm more expensive because they're telling the customer it's worth paying for but that's a that's a
0: Oh, no, that's what I'm, I guess that's what I meant is,
1: um,
0: I didn't mean to say that. Um, And and then the uh, question again was, uh, the question is, so, so, um, you know, this, this product that that you guys are rolling out in Pennsylvania, it's, it's going to be available to independent agents. Um, you know, I guess start to maybe dive into a little bit, just explaining exactly what it is and what are some of the experiences that, um, it's going to help streamline or reduce friction. Well, so
1: so uh, again, from the customer in, let's let's think about this, right? So think about uh, think about Harvey, uh, the the storm. Most carriers aren't going to be out there in a wind loss. That's a total loss, <clears throat> denying payment to the customer because the first thing the customer will do is sue the carrier for not selling them enough coverage or the agent for not uh, uh, placing it at a high enough coverage. So most of them will pay. And yet 90% of your time placing your home policy is spent on determining replacement cost, even though it doesn't often come to play. So you for, gotta forgive the customer when they think, gee, they're just trying to get the replacement cost up so I can, they can get more premium from me because it kind of feels that way if it doesn't affect the coverage. Now, most customers don't know what their coverage costs uh, because they pay by escrow or automatic deduction and they avoid shopping like the plague because getting a rate is so difficult and, and the rate they're quoted is almost never the rate That they end up paying so uh so that's a bad experience they they spend a lot of time on something that doesn't matter they don't get the rate they were quoted and then a lot of times they don't get the coverage that they need so the biggest news that's going to come out of harvey is that probably the percentage of of claims that are not covered is substantially higher than it's ever been in a catastrophe like this or at least since the modern industry came to play And that's going to be a real bad black eye for us. We we ought to be out there offering some of these coverages because we certainly have the global capital to cover an event like Harvey. Uh, Companies have often used data and and analytics to find honey holes, you know, places where other carriers are charging too much. And then they make you go through heck trying to figure out if you have the right rate or don't have something risky about your home uh, or or they're avoiding that risk or they're going to charge you more for it. uh, there are at least four times in the homeowner's buying process when they can change your rate or reject you or restrict your coverage. Uh, you know, at the quote, when they ask you 30 questions for a rate that isn't the end rate, an application that asks you 50 questions and could, it takes 50 minutes and, and it could be a higher rate, could end in a higher rate or even a rejection or the underwriting process where they kind of walk into the process as an insurer and assume you have lied on your application and try and check every piece of data that you've provided. And then that results in a rate increase or a rejection or a restriction or something after the inspection process. And then at renewal, if they insured too many people in your neighborhood, uh, they might not renew you because they have a over, over-aggregated over and they just decided they like the other guy that they just insured more than they like the guy they had for five years. So this is just not what a consumer would design for themselves. So we we at Plymouth Rock like to believe at Bunker Hill that you were that we are honored to get you as a customer, not that you're honored by having us accept you into our risk pool. We, we, want, to, we want to get you. So we went from the consumer experience of, all right, if you give me your address, um, I'll give you a rate and I'll stick to that rate. Um, that means that I have to do a bunch of things that current insurance companies uh, aren't doing or, or eliminate a bunch of things that they do do that make sense from a pure risk standpoint, but maybe not from an average customer standpoint. And, uh, and so today, if you're in Pennsylvania, uh, all I need is your address for rate, and I'll give you a standard package that, that uh, is the most purchased package we have and, uh, and that rate will stick as long as you stick with those covers. If you want to monkey with the coverages, great. Now for an independent agent, this is terrific. They get to spend a lot of time talking about coverage rather than the elements of replacement cost. Uh, and, and you know when you're a customer, when an agent asks you whether your bathroom is an economy bathroom or a luxury bathroom, you know what that means in rate. So so to some extent, that's kind of a worthless conversation. You should just cover what they have and provide the rate. But the uh, And we're going to spend more time on whether you want to cover the uh, jewelry in your uh, jewelry box or you want to cover uh, extra uh, cyber liability or extra coverage for your uh, electronic equipment you're going to spend more time on things you need, uh, than on whether or not I'm going to accept you and whether or not I've charged you enough. Uh, so that's, that's where the agent really becomes valuable. They can shine with a product that focuses them on quality of coverage versus the, the elements of setting a rate.
0: Man, you just gave me, uh, uh, like acid flashbacks to asking all those, uh, cost, uh, replacement cost estimator (laughs) questions. When you said that, I was like, Oh my God, I can remember doing that. Um, My wife still does that every single day. Uh, So you know, when it comes to big data, one of the pushbacks that I think I've heard from some other carriers who I've asked uh, similar questions to is they always say, "Well, you know, big data is great, but only as good as the data that you get." Um, uh, Are you guys concerned with uh, poor quality data from from just an address, or and or how are you solving? Uh, the accuracy of data problem? I
1: think think you need to look at the relative quality of the data. Is data that's self-reported and uh, knowingly going to be impacting rate uh, more dependable than data that is developed independent of the insurance shopping process? Um, I don't think that the data, public data is necessarily more accurate, but I do think it's more systematically inaccurate, meaning I can price to a, a common error rather than random error. So it's a Kind of a technically easier to model. Uh, but that's kind of in the weeds. if you if you back up, you have to think about the fact insurers tend to use data and analytics to improve their pricing or their underwriting. And there's nothing about improved pricing or underwriting that uh, improves the experience for the majority of customers. It, it might improve uh, the rate that's charged a minority of customers, but for the majority of customers, uh, they're helping the company, not the uh, not the buyer so taking the data and using it to create a process that is uh, the ideal customer experience to us is the better use of, of big data and uh, look we we're going to take risk in doing it through the underwriting process and i worry about it every day but that should be my worry not the customer's worry the customer should be worried about whether i'm there when it's time to pay and whether i've got he's got the coverages that that he needs
0: god i love that answer um so why is what is it about um, the customer experience that is making it such a priority today? Why not ten years ago? What, like more than ever. I mean, we just had a conference in June, um, the Elevate Conference. Three hundred plus agents show up. Uh, the entire, you know, two and a half days on nothing but improving the customer experience. Uh, we're gonna triple that for our conference that's coming up next June on the same topic. It is obviously a, a buzzword, and that's you're reverberating throughout the industry. What is it about today that it has become into such clear focus that that you guys would be make a move like this? That all these insure tech startups would be happening, uh, just from your perspective.
1: Well, here's the secret. Um, it's always been the most important thing. Uh, there's no great insurance success story that isn't a story about delivering or finding a new way to deliver something the customer wants to the customer. All great insurance success stories are distribution stories. The great hand claims handling, great pricing, great phone statistics. They're all things that enable you to do a better job getting the customer something they want to buy. So, uh, so it's always been important. It's just that We have seen uh, in the past the poor results of companies who don't pay attention to pricing accuracy or good claims handling. And so we think that is the path to success. Well, today uh, there's more data, uh, there's more techniques available to more companies more cheaply, and the result has been kind of a democratization of big analytics. and, And as a result, it's how you use the analytics, not just the fact you use them. Uh, and so we're going to use them to deliver something to the customer, and we believe that will win because that has always won. It's always been about whether the policyholder is getting something of value and whether they're treated well once they become part of your insurance pool. Um, and, and frankly, about whether you enable your agents to deliver the absolute best customer experience, too. And, uh, and so all those things kind of combine with our use of big data. It's how you use it, not the fact it exists. Uh, but customer experience is not new it's uh, it's always been Why is you, the, look every age every successful yeah. agent out there will tell you uh, that they are successful because of the way they treat their customers and it sounds like um, you know motherhood and apple pie it's it's everybody says it but the truth is they are every agent is good to some customer <laughs> so uh, so they do have loyal customers that they have earned through the customer experience um, and now those customers will stay with them even if the rates go up Fifteen percent, even if they go up hundred dollars, because because their kids go to school together, they don't care that you're making a good profit on their advice, and they trust you. And so, and by the way, the coverage is good too. So I, I think <clears throat> I think at the end of the day, the the it's always been about customer experience. It's just that um, you know we've tr- we've begun to realize that all these things we do in underwriting and in processing um, are are more relevant to customer experience than they are even to our own um, margins.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I uh, my, my wife's family owns an independent agency. I worked there for eight years, as I said before. She still works there with her siblings and her and her father and uh, and much to my chagrin, they follow almost none of my advice from you know, they follow some of it, but not all of it from a automation and marketing standpoint. And they are consistently profitable, one of the finest and most well run independent agencies I've ever stepped foot in, and I've stepped foot in thousands.
1: And and there are customers who who, uh, don't stay with you for the rate increase and whatever. So I I think that's not a universal statement. But what is universal is that there are certain things the agent can deliver uh, that are more important than what the customer can deliver themselves. The customer can deliver themselves comparative rates. They don't have to have an agent for that, but they need your advice for the coverage you need. And for the service and for the advice, how much, you know, know, would you buy this if I were, if you were me type of thing.
0: Yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, they are the, they are, I, and I, they're my family business, so I know them the best, but, but, they prove that case every single day, and it just it's it's a wonderful. So, uh, Bill, I have I have one last question for you. This has been um, a wonderful, and I and I appreciate your 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 candor and insight into into the questions that we've had today. Um, you know, my last question really is is why stay committed to the independent? So, you know, a lot of carriers are hedging with directs, and and I'm not saying you guys won't or will, and and nor do I in any way uh, I think that that's a, the, a wrong move by you guys, but. Even if you do have some sort of uh, direct model, um, you you are staying committed to the independent with this product, uh, and I'm just interested in and maybe it, this is kind of a high level question, but um, you know when so many are starting to turn their back, um, or at least doing really strong hedges, uh, you know it's 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 nice to see, and I'm just interested well, in let's your perspective. Be clear,
1: though, every one of these companies who sells something to you direct or exclusive. Uh, they're using agents somewhere in the process, and uh, it, the self-serve is probably the only place where there isn't a human agent involved. And the self-serve has absolutely no customer advice, so they're, the customer's walking blindly, and they get asked a question like, "What limits do you want to buy?" and and they make a guess. They try and go. They either go for the one with the lowest price. Or they, they make a guess because they, they don't have any experience with claims that, that have uh, required those limits. If they have experience with it, then they might have a better idea. Agents offer customers a service that is way more than worth it. They're a way better delivery system. They can provide advice for a purchase that you don't want to spend a lot of time on. As As much research as you might do on buying a car you might do one-tenth of that research on which company to buy from for insurance and what coverages to buy. You just aren't that interested in it and you don't, uh, you, you know, not everybody sees who your, what your policy is on the street. So uh, so they need an agent to help them do what they don't want to do. It's kind of like outsourcing um, uh, the the process of buying insurance and, and the decision-making around involving insurance in much the same way you might outsource uh, uh, you know, who's shopping for clothes. If you don't think you're good at shopping for clothes, you might uh, subscribe to one of those firms that decides for you and sends you a box and you send back the things you don't like. And, you know, an agent can be that kind of outsourcing. And then to that extent, they're more than worth it. And if they emphasize, if the independent agent emphasizes something other than what value they add to the process um, beyond just price comparisons uh, or self-serve policy changes, because I think most people would like to make most changes by themselves these days, um, then they will succeed if they just kind of become a person in between the price comparison and the self-serve policy change and the customer. They might add value in the sense that the customer doesn't have to spend online doing time online doing themselves. But that's a that's a fairly commoditized process. So you you want to offer yourselves as as you stated here the trusted choice. Uh, homeowners is a good example of this, Ryan. The the homeowners business has been over the last thirty years. It, it, it's finally gotten to a little bit more adequate rating position it was underpriced by half 25 years ago and the carriers were avoiding it like uh, like they like anything they could because they were uncertain of their price of goods reinsurance markets weren't stable and sometimes the models were inaccurate uh, th- almost always they would come to you and say they had higher profits or or bigger losses than they expected they never tend to come in on plan <laughs> so they just avoided that because auto tends to come in somewhere in a reasonably explainable result. So investing in something with unpredictable results was not very popular in our industry. Um, the data is getting better and we're doing a better job for the customer and we're offering more choice. But because it's an optional buy, most, we have to believe that most of our customers don't know which item to choose. And, and a, an agent adds a huge amount of value
0: to that process. Bill, this has been um, a phenomenal conversation. I, I appreciate it very much. Thank you for your time. Um, I look forward to seeing how this program works for you guys. And, and maybe down the road uh, a year from now or, or whatever, we could, we could have you back on to see how things are going and what you've learned. I'm sure you're going to learn a ton and, and you're learning already. So uh, I just want to say thank you. Um, I know that you're, you're a busy guy, and uh, but it definitely means a lot to our audience to have you come on and, and, and share your perspective with us.